Catherine, Happy New Year. Thank you. Same to you. How are you? Brilliant. How about yourself? Great. So today we're going to take our audience in a tour through Bridgestone. So we would love to know more about Bridgestone from you. Okay, so let me start with a bit of the history. Um, so Bridgestone is originally a Japanese company. It's okay. established in 1931. Since then, their motto has been serving society with superior quality. And this being the essence of Bridgestone, they've decided to take things forward. And now we have the strategy all the way to 2050 with still the same motto. So that wow. tells you a bit. Yeah, it kind of tells you about how things started and how things, well, though things are evolving, you still go back to the core and the core, the foundation is actually very strong. Um, so um, I've been with Bridgestone now for almost three years. Okay. I, my career grew there and I really appreciate that. I've got, I've been given lots of opportunities and it was so much fun. It's just brilliant to work there. Um, more about Bridgestone. Well, there's a lot to say. Like, it's a massive organization. So, so I want to stop you right there since <laughs> you said you grew there. And so it's uh, a live example for people. So tell us how, where did you start and where are you now? So I joined in 2021. Okay. I was leading the HR operations function. Mm -hmm. And then in a couple of months down the line, I started looking more into the talent management and the talent acquisition, more into the culture part. And then I was recently promoted in January last year, so January 2023, to the head of the function. Um, Congratulations. Thank you very much. I believe you deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Okay, so can you tell us one thing that people do not know about Bridgestone? I think when people hear the word Bridgestone, they always think of that big corporate tar manufacturer True. Um, and all of this together. And it can be a bit intimidating. Yeah, we're a very lean organization. So um, if I'll talk about the, the region where I look after, mm -hmm. which is Middle East and all of the like, part of the CIS countries, excluding Russia. Okay. Um, and all of North and Sub-Saharan Africa. We are a team of less than 150 people. Wow, looking <laughs> over over all of these countries? Yes. Wow. So uh, we have employees based in nine different countries, but we're very lean. So you have that kind of family atmosphere, though it is a multinational. So you kind of get the best of both. Okay. So you have the structure, you have the process, but still you have that warmth um, um, between the team members because you know each and every person you know them by name you know their families you know their backgrounds because we're not massive so how many nationalities do you have? we have around 26 different nationalities wow between yeah. the nine countries yes and so, most of them are diverse yeah so we have yeah it's a very diverse organization okay. I would say so we have people that we need to have people that speak um, Russian we need to have people that speak English Arabic French uh, so to be able to look at all of um, look after all of our markets okay and with that as well then we need to have like a lot of different nationalities yeah so we'll come back to that later about the nationalities and how they cope together but if you can take us now through the core values of Bridgestone So I would say, so there are a lot of them. If I would start with the two that are the closest to my heart, it would mm -hmm. be integrity and teamwork. 
Okay. I think these are one of the most crucial, and I think they are the number one values that Bridgestone um, always advocate for. Okay. Other than that, there would be decision making. So they're so again, being a Japanese company, they're very much on planning, mm-hmm. and with planning, then comes very strong execution. So decision making is another one of the very core values. Um, yeah, I think that would be at the top of my mind, okay. especially. I mean, looking at the people aspect, integrity yeah. and, and teamwork, there are things that are like very, very crucial. So, what do you do when people initially join Bridgestone to make sure they they live these values? So. I can talk about the formal HR part, which is like we have a very strong onboarding. People yeah. have to go through a lot to get to know about the values. They will go through intense training, mm-hmm. um, which we have when we talk about integrity. We do have um, things that are relevant to compliance from looking at gifts and entertainment policies okay. all the way to just what you say and what you're not to say and okay. all of these things. Um, so training is one thing that we actually take very seriously, especially when someone comes in and then They get to know us as people, which is very important. I think that what is different at Bridgestone is that we see the human in the employee, not just um, the job that needs to be performed. Okay. So being lean kind of helps with that. And whenever someone new comes in, we have a meeting around the room and then we say, okay, so tell me about you. Not just what you do. I know where you come from. I know about your age. I know about your experiences. Mm-hmm. But I want to know about your family. I want to know about your holidays. I want to know more about how you're feeling. Because that would impact. I mean, some people try and separate between mm-hmm. work and personal. Yeah. But we understand that when you come into the office, if you had a bad day at home, it's going to come to work. Of course. And <laughs> same the other way around. Yes, sure. So um, so I think that kind of makes a difference. And then people get to be vulnerable as well. Then they see that this is, that's the yeah. culture. It's okay to have a bad day. It's okay to have a good day. We share success. We share failures. Mm-hmm. Hopefully not so many, but yeah. <laughs> so how do you make sure that the onboarding process goes the same way exactly in the nine different countries? So it's not always very exact. I mean, mm-hmm. we take localization into consideration, into consideration yeah. of course. So there are things that, so we report into Europe, our regional headquarters. Okay. So there are things that we we already have aligned with to mm-hmm. be able to ensure consistency across the whole region. That is one. So from the trainings, for example, that I've mentioned, it would be that. And then we take them through a journey. So not just about the history of Bridgestone, but I was saying like more on our strategy. So we do have a strategy until 2050. We do have another long-term strategy until 2030. But then as a region, we do have our strategy, which is for three years. So when a person comes in, they need to understand how they're contributing to that big picture. So we need to take them through that. They will see the structure. They will get to meet the people and all of this. And then we explain to them what is it that we want. That's the company and that's the vision. You will need to be onboarded on this and how your role is essential to be able to achieve this company strategy. And I think the strategy that we have is what kind of unites everyone Mm -hmm. because it's like you have that big puzzle and everyone is a piece. Of course. So once everyone understands the value, their contribution, they're already motivated to be a part of that big picture. Interesting. So what is one thing that people do not know about Bridgestone? Um, I, like I will tell you my, my point of view or tell me. my perspective is Bridgestone is for tires. 
full stop. So oh. I'm mainly passenger car tires, maybe heavy trucks, but in my mind, okay. passenger yeah. cars. Well, I think I think we're very much popular for that. <laughs> yeah, I would say, but it's it's more of a mobility solution company. Okay. So tires is one part. Only one part. Yes, tires wow. is one part, and even when you say passenger car tires, it's also a very a tiny part. Yeah, it's not a tiny part, but it's also a part. Okay. So if I'll talk, if if I'll talk on tires. We have the commercial tires, we have the truck tires, and then we have the OTR tires, which are like the massive tires. We okay. have agriculture tires. So it's like, ah, it's, okay. it's very, diverse. motorcycle tires as well. Mm -hmm. So these are all types of tires. And then when we talk about mobility solutions, so for the tires to keep rolling. Do you have tuk-tuk tires? <laughs> <laughs> well, not that I'm aware of. Well, another thing that's part of the strategy is that we're trying to go premium. I don't think that that would be in line with the strategy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. But I think that we try and cater for different markets as well. So, okay. but if I would say a bit about other things that we provide, so we have retailers. So retail concepts, that is, yes, it's to sell tires, but then we support also if it's our partners to sell different services. We like have what? So uh, something like the mobility solution. So we have uh, an application which is called WebFleet. It's mm -hmm. to be launched very, very soon. Okay. It's to actually track the performance of trucks, fleets mostly. Mm -hmm. um, so, and I would say that that is one part because the idea is tr to transition from the thought process that mm -hmm. tires, or Bridgestone is a tires manufacturer, and that's just it. Okay. So it is more of a mobility solutions okay. organization. And that, of course, is going to take some time because, I mean, like any other end consumer, the thought of Bridgestone you see on all the tire shops, it's a, it's a tires company. So I was just actually going to ask about the innovation behind the tires. So is there any new innovation in the tires, manufacturing, or I don't know, so new I technology? Can, yeah, so I was actually going to mention a new technology. So our latest technology is called Enlighten. Okay. And with that, it's about, so, I mean, I think like any other person and mm -hmm. organization, sustainability has been one of our key focus points. And with that, I would say that we're trying to go with more sustainable tires. I mean, it's rubber. And when you think of rubber, manufacturing sustainability is not one of the things that definitely will yeah. cross your mind. But with our new technology, it's about how to have more sustainable tires. And um, this new technology definitely is, I mean, for us, it's just the kickoff to what we want to achieve in terms of our goals. So... Uh, Another thing that mm -hmm. we have is our E8 commitment. So E8 commitment is what something is the that... E8 commitment? E8 commitment, I, I'm not going to be able to say that it is something except what we are trying to live and breathe every day. So it, it consists of different things like emotion, empowerment, ecology, energy. Like the list is pretty long. Wow. And for each and every one of them, we see how we can incorporate that into the day-to-day -day work. So if I look at something like empowerment, if mm -hmm. I look at something like emotion, these two things are things that are much more relevant to people. So it's just a very, very small example, okay. I would say. But uh, but I, I would go back to your question, like mm -hmm. something like the enlightened technology is very crucial to our organization. So enlightened technology is like, are you lighting the is, tires? <laughs> no, it's, 
It's about the manufacturing of tires to make sure that the manufacturing process is actually, and the tires that are being produced are actually more sustainable. Okay. So um, I'm not going to get into the process of the manufacturing, yeah, I details, yeah. but I would say that how you put a tire together is actually what makes a difference. And for you to be able to have a more sustainable tire with these technologies, you can have um, something that would affect the um, the rolling of the tire and the resistance of the tires. And accordingly with that, it would impact the performance of the car. And with that, it would impact the CO2 emissions. Okay. So it's kind of like, a, like yeah, it's, a, it's a, I mean, I know when, if you take a step back, you, you see that that's like a big, like, cycle. Hmm. But then again, the um, target is to be able to lessen the CO2 emissions of the cars. Because if you think about it, there is no one that does not drive a car nowadays. If you yeah. don't drive a car, you take a bus. Or so, a bicycle. Or, or a bicycle. There, there's always something that... Kind could, of transportation, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And where you need a tire for. Yeah. But for cars specifically or for trucks specifically, the CO2 emission is actually linked to the hmm. rolling of the tires. And with that technology, it kind of helps lessen that more or less. So do you have tires for the bicycles? I'm just wondering. <laughs> yeah, we do have tires for, for the bicycles. I would I would think it's not in our region, but okay. in terms of manufacturing tires for yeah, the bicycles. Yeah, you do have. Yeah, so there are a lot of other rubber products as well. Um, so, um, I mean, the things that I will, that will come to me on top, of, on top of my mind, I know that there are tire tubes. I know that there are... I'm not sure what's the name of it. Something that would help with the stability of buildings as well. So some kind of rubber that's put at the bottom of buildings. I can't this remember. This is to, to protect from, oil, from uh, earthquakes, earthquakes right? and so on. Yeah. yeah. And this is actually something wow. that's very... Yeah. So so that, as I was saying, tires is... So that's something no one would know about that Bridgestone do, right? Yeah. But again, no, I'm talking about Bridgestone Global, Bridgestone yeah, Corporation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we might not have that Middle East, uh, North Africa mm-hmm. region, but it is Bridgestone at yeah. the end of the day. Yeah. So I was going through your website and then I found something for uh, Olympics and Paralympics. And I was like, what's that? So we are actually partners with the Olympics and Paralympics. Okay. So um, another thing which is uh, linked to our values, I would say, is our Mm well-being, the health and the well-being. Okay. So we've been a partner with Olympics and with the Paralympics and Paralympics, I think, for a couple of years now. And then that is happening again uh, in 2024, so this okay. year, uh, and the Olympics are happening in Paris, mm-hmm. and we do partner with that. We actually do also encourage our employees to go, so we do have volunteers that would participate. We have wow. uh, um, some challenges that we would actually ask the team. So I think it was last year or the year before where everyone would be tracking their steps, and every, and we wanted to make sure that as an organization we would be able to have enough steps for one person, as if that one person has actually walked across the globe. Wow. I think it was more than a million steps, or something like that. And you uh, achieved that? Yeah, I think as an organization, I think that was achieved. In a month, two months, or? In a pretty long time. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we do have people who so How many steps did you walk? <laughs> that, that's a, yeah, that's a tricky question. <laughs> well, I need to work on that's that a little a, bit yeah, more. It's, it's, it's a bit embarrassing, right? <laughs> yeah, I need to walk a little. Need to walk a little bit more. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, you're the head of HR, so you yeah, need to. I need to walk the talk. 
<laughs> but um, but yeah, so a lot of uh, a lot of things about uh, about health and well being, and I think being a partner to the Olympics and the Paralympics kind of shows a lot on the so you, like, focus points. You sponsor some of the games yeah, or yeah. all of them, or I wouldn't. I am not sure exactly if it would be all of them, mm-hmm. but I think being a partner, we sponsor as many. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, there's a lot that is done for for the Olympics and for the Paralympics. Okay. Yeah. So speaking of the well-being uh, of the of the employees, so what are other initiatives or programs are in place to foster their growth and development? So from well-being to professional development, personal development. So I would start with um, something like the employee assistance program. Okay. So employee assistance program is actually something that we have and it's accessible to everyone mm-hmm. and it's for the employees. So whether if you need coaching, whether if you need therapy, whether if you need someone to talk to, whether if you need someone to help you plan something. Okay. So it's accessible to, to any all, to all of them. Uh, so, okay. Yeah. Okay. So all of our all of our teams. So if yeah. anyone comes junior says I want coaching. Yeah, yeah. They can can Yeah, so we do have we do have limits as well. Yeah. We don't and we don't have that set by the band or the position. Okay. I mean in, when it comes to well being, everyone deserves well being. Yeah. So um so we do have that and it's accessible to everyone. We have a, we offer also a lot of flexibility. Mm-hmm. Like it's not about yeah, when you come what you do. It's sorry, when you come and when you leave, it's just about what you do. So it's like we don't have that kind of pressure on the person and you know sometimes these things out of nowhere automatically like trigger the the pressure on a True. person and we wouldn't want that another thing that yeah. we're going ahead with is the no rating performance this is when you talk about the development of the team mm-hmm. so uh, uh, we have came, we came to the realization mm-hmm. that when it comes to the end of the year mm-hmm. the pressure of going through the review yeah is really really high but on top of that coming out of it being labeled as a solid performer or as an exceptional performer or as an underperformer. Or average. or an a- Yeah, all of these things, yeah. they actually also take a toll. Yeah. And with that, we're, we're going ahead this year with a no rating uh, performance. So, I mean, performance is still to happen. It's just the labeling is taking, I love taken that. out of it. So uh, instead of exceptional or average or needs You would get continuous feedback. Like, what you need is to know where you're doing. You don't need to be labeled. I love that. Yeah. I so love uh, it. so it's still um, it's still to it's still to go live yeah, this year. Uh, and you don't have to fit people into curves. And um, like someone was just recently asking me, what do you think of performance appraisal and the bell curve? And I said like I hate it. Why <laughs> do I need to corner people or label them into a, a graph? Like, yeah. why do I have to say 80% falls into the average and 10% only are extraordinary? What if they're all extraordinary? So, yeah. So I think the idea as well is to be able, aside from the labeling, mm-hmm. I think it's also kind of to remove that pressure. Yes. So, true. and you want people change as well yeah. and performance um, there are times, I mean, again, and when you get to know the person, yeah. you will see that sometimes they have good days, sometimes they have bad days, sometimes they can do extraordinary work in projects. Sometimes they're allocated to wrong projects. Like all of these yeah. things can happen. And then what you need is to actually constantly be able to give mm-hmm. your team feedback. And that is what we want to encourage. Yes. And when you have that. And a timely feedback, not at the end of the year where it's too late. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. we do have the continuous feedback yeah. um, throughout the year as a system mm-hmm. that people have access to for them to use. Yeah. But then when it comes towards the end of the year, mm-hmm. that's the core focus. And then this is when you go back as a leader and you try and remember, okay, so these are the things that happened. Or you would just be looking at KPIs and then you would be just doing the rating accordingly. Yeah. Another thing that we would be looking at, which is actually a it plays a massive part when it mm-hmm. comes to a person's growth as well. It's not just about what is the work they're doing, it's how you're performing the job mm-hmm. and how you're linking this how to the values of the organization. Yeah. So, I mean, some people can be just amazing at what they do, but mm. what, how they're doing it is not in line with our values. Okay. So this Can you give me an example how that would be? So I can be an amazing, I don't know, salesperson i can be an amazing hr person okay let's talk about hr mm-hmm. but i can come across very aggressive okay all the time or mm. i can come across i'm excellent i'm i'm brilliant at what i do i deliver okay if i delivered it and i along that i just make people feel horrible or you're not collaborating or i'm not collaborating yeah. or i'm not i'm just not representing the values that as an okay. organization we yeah. want to present so it You will have a ticked the box for each and every KPI that is there. Everything okay. is met. When you, when we go back to the flexibility in the working hours, was this the case before COVID or it became more norm after the COVID? Um, so I was not at Bridgestone before COVID, yeah. so I'm not able to say much on this. Mm-hmm. But I can say when I joined Bridgestone, it was 2021. So yeah. at that time, people were having that flexibility okay. to come into work. If you don't want to come into work, that's fine. Um, I think also being a very um, lean organization, sometimes people, when they want to get out of the house, they would want to come to work. But the tracking of it, it's not something that we do, but... I think from even before, the tracking of attendance is not something that is done at yeah, I think Bridgestone. This is like it's very outdated. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no one does that. Oh. Um, what we also offer in terms of flexibility. So then, yes, you might have a few mm. days that you can work from home or you can come and go depending on your meetings. Okay. We have core hours usually, but then if you want to take your meeting from home or from the office, this is all up to you as long as you show up to something that you, you're invited to. Yeah, yeah. And then at the end of the day, it's what you do. You do yeah. it from the beach, you do it from the home, you do it from the office. Yeah, it, yeah. It's, I mean, I'll be very honest with you. Sometimes we would want to get people together, mm. but not for the sake of them coming to work so that as a leader would see what the people are doing. Yeah. But you would want to have that camaraderie as well. And mm-hmm. this kind of connection is usually built with people meeting one another. And hence, there are a lot of business trips. Mm-hmm. That's very common as well. Okay. But at the end of the day, it is, it is just a part. So... Okay. So the flexibility is there. We have flexibilities, especially people make use of that during summer because one can take all of month, one month just mm-hmm. between working from home and taking some time off with their families. We know that people want to spend some time with their kids. So that's all yeah. That's all understandable. Yeah, true. So any other programs for the employees? Benefits um, could be benefits. Could be, um, so I have recognition platforms, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, I think... Yeah, I think other than the normal benefits that mm-hmm. are there from insurances and schooling yeah, yeah. and all of these things, yeah. I would say it's just about, I mean, they always say that people don't leave um, anyone but their bosses and the cultures that they work <laughs> when, 
hundred percent true. And I would say that that's something that is our focus on. Okay. So aside from the monetary benefits, mm-hmm. so when I say recognition platform, you get points, and with that you can redeem it from I don't know Apple or Bose or okay. something. This is, these are all things that are very flattering. So how do you get recognized based on what? You get recognized by your peers, by your leaders, by your subordinates. So it's actually an open platform. And so I can go and say, okay, I want to recognize Catherine for being a great HR leader? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And with that, you can allocate either a social recognition or which is just like you're mentioning me mm-hmm. or you can have something with points. You can allocate how many points really? you have. So yes. like if I, I love you so much, I would give you a million points. You, you have a limit every month. <laughs> <laughs> and that also is defined depending on the number of your team members that you have and all of this. Okay. But you would be having that. So that's something from the organization that they just allow. Because mm. as much as we appreciate constructive feedback, sometimes people can get sunk into it and then you forget to celebrate the little things. Yes, true. And with this kind of recognition, I think it helps Like, it's nice to feel appreciated by your peers. It's nice to feel that someone has seen you grow and then they say, okay, so Christine, you've went from this place to that place and yeah. I really appreciate that. Or you've supported me with that project and I really appreciate that. And with that, okay, so that's a token of appreciation and you have like X number of points. With time, you have the points piling up and you yeah. can use that and it will add up to like, I don't know, like you can get whatever that you want. Okay. So we have partnerships. Um, like it's like going to an online store. I actually wanted to share something with you uh, when we were talking about the performance appraisal and people shouldn't be labeled. So what we do here as well is we don't give them labels. What we do is we tell them to reflect on the past year, what they wanted uh, to do, what they could have done better and what they want to do for the next year. So it's less of a negative uh, cycle. It's, it's, it's more positive, like, What you see could have done better. How can we support you to do things better? Do you need training? Do you need to take uh, an extra assignment? Is there any project that you would like to do beyond your tasks and your department? And then that's what we discuss. So it's not about performance rating. It's about what do you want to do or what you could have done better. And let's let's build on that. And some people, when I tell them, this is what we're doing, I'm like, and... Where is the rating? And like, there is no rating. So based on what do you let person go? I said, we don't wait till the end of the year to let the person go. This is just a feedback and opportunity to discuss what better could be done. Yeah, I think because rating is easier. So a lot of people, I mean, it's a lot of work to give someone a constructive feedback. It's a lot of work. Yeah. You actually put a lot of time and effort to make sure that you phrase it correctly, that it's actually helping to one's development more than demotivating yeah. them. Because when you tell someone that, okay, so you need, so this is an area of improvement. Sometimes mm-hmm. people actually feel bad if it's not framed in the right way, if it's not. And it depends on the culture big time. So I was reading uh, a book called The Culture Map and it was very interesting because in different cultures, like in the American culture, it's like called the sandwich feedback. Yes. You start with the positive and then say the negative in a very... Subtle way. Yeah, and then the positive, then the again. positive again. Other cultures, like, just tell me directly. Like, yeah. why are you going behind yes. it? Just tell me yeah. direct. Some, like, I think in the Asian or the Japanese also, it's like you read there, you understand what's yeah what's the message. So, uh, yeah. So, um, th- I th- if, I w- if I would reflect a bit on that, so I think with them, it's about having the... It needs to be like more of a... Uh, um, 
like a discussion has to be a one-to-one conversation yeah. things have to be very very organized because then you'll have to go in with examples and spreadsheets and these are the things that happen and with that then because the feedback is mostly given on what has been performed yeah and so, it's, a, it's a very negative spiral loop you don't need to do yeah that. and then it can be very very exhausting yes. but then I mean, sandwiching the sandwiching the feedback Mm -hmm. for me, I think it's like I think that at least you start the conversation at a positive note, Mm -hmm. you end the conversation as a positive note, and then in between you still still tell people what is it that they like. And the one thing that for me I think is very very important Mm -hmm. when it comes to feedback is that you need to share that the purpose of the feedback is for that person to improve. Yes. And then at the end, and sometimes it happens like, I mean, it happens with me a lot mm. that if I would give some feedback and, then just, and they take it very, like personal. very, very personal, mm. they come, oh, but you've done this and that. And I was like, okay, so thank you for your feedback. Mm. I appreciate, I take that in. I probably would have done it if that's, if that's how I made you feel. Mm. I appreciate you sharing that with me. I'll be more conscious next time. And that's it. Mm. So I think it's just all about building that camaraderie, rapport. Yeah. So people will be more receptive of the feedback. And with that, the culture will change and people will be open to give constructive feedback. And we'd understand that we're not discussing their weakness, but rather areas of improvement. And as well as celebrating success. success. Yeah. Like it's not, I mean, the feedback that's, and hence why we have something like our recognition platform. Yeah. Because it's also a tool that would say, okay, so we have a tool where we give constructive feedback and it's not just given feedback, it yeah. needs to be constructive. So going back to the recognition yeah. platform, I ask you, who was the person who got the, the most this year? Yeah, so, the I, I'm, so I think, um, so we had actually a tie. We had two people okay. who had the most recognitions uh, for this year's, for last year's uh, writing. Mm. I think every one of them had around 15 recognitions from 15 different people. Wow, impressive. So, yeah. So, wow. and when you look at that in the grand scheme of things, like how mm. the the count of our population, it's mm. actually, it's a lot of people. Yeah. So 15 recognitions, That's I think. It's like more was, than like 15%. Yeah. What was different about them? Why I them? I think the collaboration okay. is one thing that everyone appreciates. Your manager would appreciate, your peers mm. would appreciate, your subordinates would appreciate. I think collaboration and teamwork were the things that were most, mostly one of the things that I would say were highlights. Mm-hmm. Um, and that links more to teamwork and to integrity. So okay. it's like, it's that, it's mostly relevant to that because it's different projects, it's different process improvements. Mm. But how you roll that out that requires collaboration, how you'll make sure that the message goes through, how you're patient when you're actually, someone is not clear on something and then they come back to you once, twice, thrice, and you don't mind helping out. I think these are the things so that... which departments were they at? So we had in sales and we had in the logistics and supply chain management. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So now we're going to a bit of a different area. So how do you ensure that all employees have equal opportunities when it comes to career progression and development? So we have, when it comes to career progression, mm-hmm. we link that more to the continuous feedback that people have been receiving. Okay. We look into their career aspirations as well. Mm-hmm. So people put their own plan. Today, every employee 
is responsible for their own plan. Mm-hmm. I can come and draw lots of maps for you or where you grow yeah. into, but it might not be what you want. Yeah. Are you mobile? Are you not mobile? It's a big organization. Mm. One can want to stay in Dubai. One can want to go to Saudi. Mm-hmm. One can want to go to our headquarters in Belgium or one want why to go to Bridgestone Americas. Like mm. you have all of these yeah. as options. So people are in charge of their own careers. Mm-hmm. We don't have a career conversation without the person having a seat at the table. Okay. So as an HR, mm-hmm. I'm not going to sit with the leader and talk about, okay, so let's move people here and there without them being aligned on yeah. this. And that would be just, I would say, the first and initial step that we take. And we take this, the conversations that we have with them, and then we build on it. So how many years a person requires to be able to transition from that role to that role? Is it going to be a progression or is it going to be a lateral move? Okay. People want to switch different functions or they want to stay where they are. So, for example, if you have someone in sales, they can go into sales managers or can go into sales and marketing. And from mm-hmm. that, they can grow into marketing. So we look at all of these aspects together. We have a system that we use as well. Mm-hmm. We have, on top of all of that, which is for me is the most crucial, is that we do have collaboration sessions. So we put each and every person, so as a leadership team, we would all sit okay. together and we yeah. would discuss the performance on each and every employee in mm-hmm. the organization. Not one person is missed out. Okay. And every manager would stand up and present his team. Not the, like, okay, so how are they coming across? Why are they placed in the nine box the way they are placed. Mm. So all of What's these What is the nine box? So we look at performance. Okay. That is one thing. We look at succession. Mm-hmm. That is another thing. Okay. So we see their potential versus mm-hmm. the performance. Okay. And with that, we would place people like, okay, so is that person a high potential? Or is that person um, a low potential? Okay. Are this Is this person just a contributor? So basically they're happy with what they're the job is and they don't want to grow because some people are comfortable doing yeah. what they're doing and Which that's okay enough. yeah yeah like that's that's perfectly fine yeah so it's about putting people in the nine box in mm-hmm. the right place and with that you get consensus around the room as well because if i have had a conversation with one person that i know they want to grow or i know that they're happy but this was not passed on to their leader in the right way i would at least raise it that this is a conversation that we have had And in these calibrations, we make sure that people are placed in the right box. Okay. And with this, we take and we build on. If I have someone who's a future star or is a star now, this means that I need to put an acceleration plan or that can be a flight risk. Yeah. So with that, I look at the opportunities that I have. And if I don't have any, I will come across and say, okay, so I don't have anything in the next three months or six Mm -hmm. months, but I will at least have that transparency with the person. And with that, we take and we look into each and every profile and we see the plans that we can put at least for our potential stars, for our high performers. And then what kind of improvement plans that as well we need for the people who have had more constructive feedback than others to be able to get them up to speed. Okay, so I understand this is our... This is done by the managers or the line managers, right? They they come and present that, okay, I have uh, five team members, three of them are high potential and two are... Moderate, for example, but what if I'm I'm an employee and I'm in the sales department and I would love to explore marketing? Can I come and say hello? I want to go to marketing. Yes, of course. Yeah. Yes, of course. Okay. You have so whenever we have an opportunity, mm-hmm. it's posted internally first. It stays posted internal. Okay. It's ad, like it's advertised for the mm-hmm. people to see. Mm-hmm. And following that, if we did not have anyone who's actually interested, 
then we this is when we take the role external. Okay. So that is for us the number one priority. We have a lot of lateral moves that happened. I think within the last year we had maybe twelve or fifteen lateral moves. We had a couple of promotions as well. I think okay. maybe four or five. Wow. Yeah. So and this is something that we also track. Um, on quarterly basis even like we check okay so do we have people moving are people motivated are people yeah. happy doing what they're doing and something that we also encourage is mm-hmm. for the managers to have the conversations with their team but not when they come to resign so it's not about yeah. why do you want to leave so throughout the feedback sessions just ask them why are you staying what's making you happy i mean yeah. why are you here okay And with that, you come to know their motivation. I mean, people are led differently. They think differently. Totally, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, uh, usually, like, or typically, how many years does it take you to, for the career progression or to get the next promotion? I think it depends on the person and the opportunities that will come. Okay. So, I can reference myself as an example. I've stayed in Bridgestone for three years. I had three different job responsibilities. Okay. So... One of the first one was a lateral move, and then the second one, which is now the role that I'm yeah. at, it's like that. It's been a promotion, and we have had that a lot. We okay. have had a lot of change as okay. well. So I think it kind of varies. It mm-hmm. depends on the person's motivation, and then when the opportunity um, is open, do they actually seize it? Yes or no? Okay. Okay. So, what kind of measures are in Bridgestone to make sure there is no? harassment, microaggressions in the, in the workplace. So we it's have, a hot topic now. So we have a very much of a speak-up culture. Mm-hmm. So, and that's something that we always say. See something, say something. Okay. We nice. have that, and we have an open-door policy. So if today one person is not happy with their leader or mm-hmm. their leader's leader, then they can go directly to the VP. They come directly to myself. Okay. We have these kind of conversations. Mm-hmm. We don't shy away from it. So I remember we had um, earlier in 2023, we had a whole week of um, uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Okay. And we had a session on how to break unconscious bias because a big part of why harassment can happen at work is because of unconscious bias. I don't like you. I don't know why I don't like you. I just, True. the treatment is going to be different. Yes. And, or, I mean, things happen at the end of the day. Oh. And to have a session like this where you're able to get all of the people together and let's just talk about it i think having this kind of speak up culture helps if things escalate as well Mm -hmm. we have our bridge bridge line so bridge line is a tool that where people can actually escalate things directly to the compliance and then it comes back to where like a case is documented Mm -hmm. and then it goes back to the local hr so for example if it's an employer related it can come back to myself and then i would have to open an investigation I'd have to lead that to make sure okay. that everything is, there is equity and there's fairness. So, um, so yeah, we do encourage that. And I think what encourages people to speak up is that when they see actions taken yeah, true. after they have yeah. been in certain situations. Yeah, and I think also here in Dubai, it's very cosmopolitan and it's tricky because people from different cultures, they did in different ways and they expect that people understand them while yeah. they can come across as... Like they're they're being microaggressive or yeah. they're being not nice. Let's just say it yeah. that way. I mean, these things happen, but then this is where a bit of the education yeah. can come in. 
Yes. And also we try and empower our line managers. Like if today something is escalated as mm-hmm. such, this means it across all of the leaders within an organization or within um, a certain function. Yeah. So you wouldn't want that. So we try and empower the manager that, okay, so there has been an incident. Mm-hmm. We have tried to fix it. You have your one-to-ones, you have whatever. And then we kind of go with a clear the air session as well. So that comes towards the end. Okay. Where you have to sit people together. It's very awkward at the beginning. Of course. But then again, <laughs> we need to talk it out because yes. people are still going to have to work together, respective of consequences that mm-hmm. had happened separately and very confidentially. Yeah. But they're still going to have to work together. True. So, but yeah, and then we put that behind us and move forward. Very interesting. So far, I love what I'm hearing, <laughs> everything about the culture and Bridgestone. So let's jump into the interesting part for the audience. So what are the current roles open in Bridgestone for 2024? So we have diverse kind of roles, I would say. So we have roles uh, here that are relevant to sales. Okay. So we have sales, uh, area sales manager roles for mm-hmm. the Gulf region. We mm-hmm. have the same for Saudi, mm-hmm. to be based in Saudi. We have marketing roles. So we have junior marketing analysts. Mm-hmm. We have uh, marketing uh, marketing managers for uh, for the Gulf region as well, to be okay. based in Dubai. Um, what else? We do have a few, yeah, we have trade finance which is a temporary role as well. Okay. So that is, uh, that's also a very unique role. And then we are launching internships. What is trade finance? So it's basically someone who's going to be looking into the creating the LCs, the letters of credit, the BLCs, and okay. having this dark communication also with partners internally with the sales and with the logistics, just to make sure that we're able to, you know, have our tires out. Okay. About. <laughs> um, other than that, uh, we are having an internship. So we have had interns before, but we've never had like a massive okay. internship program. And that's something that we're kicking off. Nice. So we're looking to have, yeah. So, um, so can you lo- tell us more about it? Yeah. So because we never had that and mm-hmm. because tires is too, to a lot of people, tires is not something that would cross their mind as an industry. People know automotive. Yeah. But. So- you would not hear much of like, I'm in the tires industry. And a yeah. lot of people even refer to tires as an automotive industry. Yeah. So we want to kind of raise awareness. Another thing that we want to do with that is to be able to get diverse people who are just fresh and just help them develop. Okay. Pass on our values as well. So it's not about that we want just to have the intern for the sake of having interns every head of function or every line manager who actually requests for an intern is because they have a project for that person to come and be a part of. And because we do understand that we don't want someone to come in alone, Mm -hmm. we want to be able to have that wide. uh, Yeah. Okay. So we have intern uh, vacancies in our strategic planning function. Okay. We have in HR. Mm -hmm. We have in um, trade marketing. We have in our web fleets. Uh, function mm-hmm. as well so how many are you looking for like in each department one person we're looking now for each department to kick it off for each department at around one person okay so i think we'll be talking about maybe five to seven people okay. to kick that off and they're all from dubai or it's in different countries so we're kicking it off in dubai we're, okay. kicking, we're launching the project here in dubai so mainly looking for fresh grads from the universities or still fresh students? grads or still students okay. i mean we're, because we have the flexibility yeah. so we're open we're open and to any major people. Yes. Any field. Okay, yeah, because, I mean, we understand that they they will not be having that 
relevant experience. Yeah. But then again, they're they're going to be joining us to learn, and we're open for that. Okay. So going back to the sales uh, openings. So usually they look for people with the same industry experience, or you don't mind. You just want someone with the motive to sell, or like. Yeah. What's your so criteria? So we've changed our strategy. Okay. So that has been a strategy that was there before. Mm-hmm. And then you look at tires, and you have people who've been moving around from one tires yeah. organization to another to another. But then, where's the fresh perspective? I love that. Yeah. Like, I wish I wish all people think this way because still you can see in the job ads we want people with 15 years of experience in FMCG or oil and gas <laughs> or aviation. Like, come on, please. It's, so, it's changing. So, again, I I reference myself. Mm-hmm. My, I worked in beauty and I worked in hospitality and yeah. with that I moved into tires. And the company welcomed me with open arms yeah. and they actually helped me understand a lot about the industry. Yeah. So, yes, for sales... The some people would say that having the industry experience it helps. Mm-hmm. You might know the market, but then again, if you have the personality, if you have the motivation, if you are eager to actually learn something new and learn about a new industry, what we're going to do is that we're going to equip you. We're going to yeah. make sure that you know everything about the products, everything about the organization, mm-hmm. introduce you to our partners, and then we will support you. Yeah. We will make sure that you grow. And that would be irrespective of your background. Brilliant. So also, can you tell me more about the trade marketing? So the trade marketing, so we have various roles. Mm-hmm. So we have a trade marketing function, which is actually headquartered here in Dubai. Mm-hmm. And with that, we're looking for a trade um, marketing analyst. Okay. So someone who would basically, a junior role as well, someone who would basically help the trade marketing team. So they support the partners when it comes to their marketing plans. We also have part of that that would be supporting the branches. So in each and every branch, they would be kind of doing the communication to be able to make sure that there's alignment and things are cascaded down properly to all of the branches as well to make sure that there are consistency and everything else. And then we have a trade marketing manager, which would be based in the branch. So supporting the partners, so directly in the market with the sales team and making sure that everything is aligned with the the headquarters Mm -hmm. as well. So it would be, so that's why the two roles are in marketing, but they're slightly different. Yeah. Well, very interesting because you have a lot of roles and then our audience can apply for them. <laughs> so one question for the interns. So when you get an intern, is the program that they will be assigned to the HR department and this is their, their whole internship program or they will be moving around different departments? So we're going to at least fixate a period of three months okay. where a person would be able to intern in one function. I think for someone who is new, that's at le- like at least three months would be enough of time until they settle in, they, can, they come to understand and know more about the function mm-hmm. where they are. And then again, if we have it for our employees who have had experience working yeah. for many years within one function for them, the ability to rotate and move around, we will have that for all the interns. Okay. And them coming in with all of the opportunities that we have, they might even want to change the role and change the function into something more permanent. So then they will have all of that flexibility ah, so as well. So they have the ability to like say, hello, I would love to continue with Bridgestone and be a full-time employee. They will have to say that. And they will be looking also at our portal. What is it? What are the opportunities that we have? And okay. if something fits, then definitely being part of Bridgestone, that would be a priority. Okay. Interesting. So it has been very valuable <laughs> this, I think, past hour and getting to know more about Bridgestone. So would you like to add anything that you would love to say about Bridgestone? 
I think it's a great place to work. I think it's not just about a certificate that you get. Yeah. I don't think it's just... Are you certified a good place to work? Yes, not? we are. Huh? Okay. Which category? Uh, there are different categories. Like it's youth. It's... it's. Uh, no, so we're certified a great place to work in, I think, Middle East. No, in UAE. Okay. In UAE because it's the mass population that we yeah, have. Okay. You need to have a minimum count of employees in each and every country to be able uh, to okay. enroll. So how many how many employees do you have in UAE? We have around 100 employees in okay. the UAE. And then the rest, they are in each and every other country. Okay. So uh, we've this is... So 2023 was the second year that we were certified. Okay. Which Look has you. been, yeah, thank yeah. you. <laughs> which has been great. But uh, for me, again, it's not just about the certificate. If, so we just had, I mean, just yesterday we had new joiners come on board. Okay. And um, I received messages this morning. It's like, oh, Catherine, just we appreciate the fact that everything was so open. People were so warm. Things were so friendly. People were so supportive. Mm. Like, I think this warmth, I think it's, Something that a lot of people would not see just looking at the organization's yeah. name. So I think being part of it and being privileged to be here and like talk more about yeah. it, I think it kind of helps make people more aware about something like and, this. And actually that's the idea of the podcast and that's where it came from. Like people apply to companies and they don't know what's what it is like to work there. And people now are more aware that they want the culture. They don't want the they don't care about the title and the money anymore. That comes secondary or it comes last. It's the culture where they'll be spending most of their day and leaving their family. Is it it's some, a place where it will nurture them or not? It will be adding stress to them. So, and we came up with the idea, okay, let's show the culture of the company and tell candidates or the audience why would they love to join this company. And that's why we even spend a lot of time in the, in the podcast talking about the culture so people can relate to and when they apply, do you really know that they want this job in this culture, yeah. in this company? Yeah. No, no, fair enough. I think I think, I think, think every person needs to, uh, they have the right to know what they're signing up for. Yeah. And I think that that is just something you cannot tell. And the same applies for organization. You cannot tell much about a candidate because you just meet. They come and they see the walls. You talk to a person yeah. and they, they come and they're trying their best because they want the job. Okay. And then you want to make sure that it's a perfect fit as mm. well. So when people get to know more about organizations, it kind of say, okay, so this is a place where I want to work or it's nice. It's just, I can be happy elsewhere. So I think it's, um, I think it's amazing. Yeah. So speaking of people coming to the Bridgestone for interviews, what is one interview you cannot forget? Oh, there are many. (laughs) (laughs) No, there are many, many interviews. I mean, I, I think it could be like, we can, you can share one, which is like, very good and one which is like you were taken by surprise no i think that recently because we have had different roles mm-hmm. i think recently i've had lots of brilliant interviews okay. like i've i've interviewed really nice people in from very different backgrounds mm-hmm. i've never uh, I've, it was my first time to actually interview someone who was working in the movie industry okay and that was very fascinating mm-hmm. because you come to know more about the industry and it's like it's very niche you don't have a lot of information yeah about such an industry and yeah. how you just operates. see the movies yeah you just see the movies yeah so it was a very it was a brilliant discussion because then it ended up that i was wanting to know more about the industry as yeah. well i mean we covered the part that's relevant to competing competencies we covered all of that yeah. and then it's like okay so tell me about making movies so i think it was a great conversation so i'm very well. curious what kind of role was this person applying for like coming from movie to it, was, it was uh, into finance okay was, the role was okay. into finance so i again like but still, it is different because it's not a trading company as much as it was a production company. Yeah. Like It was slightly different in yeah. terms of the industry. 
and of course the impact of the financials as well. Yeah. But uh, but I think it was brilliant. Okay. I think interviews are usually very fascinating because you get to meet lots of different people, different backgrounds, yes, different I industries. Love them. Yeah. Everyone has a story to share yes, and it's always true. beautiful. So yeah, yeah, we say here everyone has a story. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much Catherine for today. We love it. Pleasure. So, Thank you for inviting me. We'll be sharing a link at, at the podcast description with all the audience of the openings that Bridgestone have. And then they can apply and we'll be sharing the CVs with you. And then, yeah. voila, you can have Thank your you candidates. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you, so you much. Catherine, for coming today. Thank you. Thank you.